Joining us now to talk about the ramifications of today's ruling is constitutional expert Matt Mangino. Mr. Mangino, break down for me what this decision means. I mean, we know that states are now going to be able to set their own policy in terms of abortion, but what do you expect to see now in Ohio and Pennsylvania? Well, uh, for instance, in Ohio, um, you know, there is a, a trigger ban um, which um, permits the uh, Ohio authorities to basically make uh, abortion illegal in Ohio and to move forward, um, you know, as quickly as within the next 30 days. And, um, you know, that will enable um, the Ohio authorities to basically stop abortions. Uh, there, there, there's no um, exceptions to that, except for, as I understand, uh, if the mother's health is endangered uh, by the pregnancy. So, so essentially, within a very short period of time, uh, uh, abortions will not be available in Ohio uh, legally. Now, in Pennsylvania, uh, there isn't uh, such a trigger a trigger mechanism in place at this point. Uh, obviously, the legislature is going to try to 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 do something with regard to the issue of abortion. But there's a Democratic governor in Pennsylvania, uh, Tom Wolf, who has indicated that he would not uh, sign any legislation that would abolish uh, abortion. What that leads to in Pennsylvania then is going to be a a governor's race because Tom Wolf um, will no longer be governor due to term limits. There's an election this fall. You know, the eyes of the nation are going to be on Pennsylvania with regard to this issue because Pennsylvania has a Republican legislature and that Republican legislature would certainly move to ban abortion in Pennsylvania. If a Democratic governor, Josh Shapiro, would be elected this fall, he would not agree uh, and sign off on any legislation that would ban abortions. However, uh, his Republican opponent uh, probably would, most likely would. Uh, so uh, it, it, it has really uh, significant ramifications in both Ohio and in Pennsylvania. Take me through the bill a little bit in Ohio that Mike DeWine would sign. Um, is it a near total abortion ban? You mentioned uh, some exceptions there in, in terms of saving uh, uh, the mother. But, but yeah. what do you see in that Ohio bill? I had a chance to take a look at the Ohio bill, and uh, it appears to be as um, stringent as some of the other states, if not more stringent than some of the other states uh, across the country. As we know, Texas had uh, enacted a, a ban on abortion uh, within um, six weeks of, of um, conception. So, you know, th th this bill in Ohio, as I see it, would ban all abortions and would ban uh, the manufacturer delivery of any drugs that could cause, you know, uh, an abortion, such as the morning after pill that we've, we've heard about has been discussed uh, quite a bit, and, and providing only the exception, as I understand it, uh, for the life of the mother uh, if, if she is in peril as a result of this of the pregnancy. And when you look at it, um, if a doctor performs an abortion, um, they could be hit with a, uh, a manslaughter felony charge here. So really reduces the fact that I think many doctors are, are probably not going to perform this. 
Right. And, and, you know, and that's kind of the tragedy of, of this whole decision. Um, you know, we know that 50 years ago, uh, before Roe v. Wade, that women had abortions um, in this country. And uh, a lot of times those abortions were illegal. Uh, they put their lives at risk because uh, they, not, they weren't always done uh, by the uh, you know, most uh, effective uh, or reliable uh, medical sources. Um, you know, it's truly difficult to wrap your head around the fact that now women in this country have less rights than they did 50 years ago. And, and so this is really uh, kind of an earth-shattering earth decision, although we knew it was coming because of the leak. It still uh, is very difficult to wrap your head around um, in, in terms of its ramifications. Yeah, and it may not end here. Justice Thomas wrote in the opinion that the court may also reconsider other precedents, including same-sex marriage and the right to contraception. Do we have any idea how far-reaching the implication of today's decision could be? No, I, I don't think we have any idea of how far this court and its in its current makeup will go. Uh, you know, are, 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 is is something like contraceptives next? Is is that something that, that that's on the table for this court? Uh, as you said, same-sex marriage and other uh, precedent. I mean, you know, this court has set aside a 50-year precedent, a precedent in which some of these nominees, uh, when they were nominees, said that they would not disturb precedent uh, in dramatic fashion. And here, all that's flown out the window. We have five uh, conservative justices, and uh, you know they're, they're gonna have their way, it appears. And, and the interesting thing about this decision today is is the decision that came yesterday uh you know the gun decision um you know out of new york in which the supreme court said that you know states can't enact legislation that would impact the second amendment uh new york had a law that said that you had to have a reason to to apply for a concealed carry permit and uh, the supreme court said that you can't restrict states don't have the authority to restrict that and then the day the next day the supreme court says that the decision with regard to privacy and abortion should be left up to the states they seem to be contradictory decisions or be at least based on an analysis that seems inconsistent from one day to the other have you ever seen anything like that with a supreme court you know, I can't say that I have uh, in, in the time that I've uh, been a lawyer and in the time that I've uh, studied and even taught about um, the Constitution that, I, that I've come across anything that really seems to fly in the face of, of you know, what the court refers to as stare decisis, which is precedent. You know, courts make decisions and normally courts, uh, the Supreme Court, follows those decisions, follow those precedents. Now, there are situations in where the court has made changes uh, in terms of the death penalty with regard to, to juveniles and with regard to the, uh, you know, uh, mentally disabled. Uh, but, 
you know, to, to see precedent overturned that has stood consistently for a half a century uh, really uh, is uh, unusual for the United States Supreme Court. You touched on Pennsylvania a little bit. Obviously, you, you, as you mentioned, Governor Wolf, term limited, he's not running again. Um, do you think that this could be the single biggest issue that affects this governor's race in that state? Well, I think it's going to be a significant issue, and I think it's going to generate uh, a lot of um, notoriety across the country, which means it's going to generate a lot of money nationwide, because uh, this is kind of a unique situation. You have you have clearly two candidates, a Democrat uh, Attorney General Josh Shapiro, who clearly uh, would be opposed in any way to limiting uh, abortion in the state of Pennsylvania, and you have a Republican legislature, uh, which certainly would be poised to move forward with some uh, dramatic limitations on abortion. You know, th those two are going to be at a loggerhead. You have a Republican governor, uh, candidate for governor, um, who is really a strong right-leaning Republican who certainly would sign off on any legislation that the legislature would, would come up with with regard to abortion. So fundamentally, if you want to put a roadblock up to abortion in the state of Pennsylvania, you have to elect the Democratic um, candidate. And so that's why so much money and so much uh, time and attention is going to go into this governor's race in Pennsylvania, because it, it, it's going to stand as kind of a, an example of what can happen nationwide with regard to this issue after overturning Roe v. Wade. Right. Now, is there any federal law that supersedes this? For instance, um, would it be legal to obtain medication-assisted abortion uh, abortions through the mail in Ohio? Let's just say in Ohio, uh, in the case that Ohio outlaws abortion. Well, it appears, again, in, in my uh, review of the legislation in Ohio, that, you know, any um, anything that relates to either using an instrument or drug-induced abortions would be illegal in the state of Ohio. So if someone mail-ordered, um, you know, the um, morning-after pill or something similar uh, and used it in Ohio, they would be violating the law. Potentially, that um, manufacturer would be violating Ohio law. Uh, you know, so it, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, states like Ohio, Oklahoma, Texas, and really there are, there are 13 states that I know of that have, uh, have legislation that immediately would ban abortion upon a decision like this from the, uh, from the United States Supreme Court. And there are another 13 on top of that who would severely restrict or have given indication that they would go forward with, um, uh, you know, some legislation to ban abortions as well. So you're looking at a majority of the states uh, who, who are going in that direction. And it's a debate that uh, is not going to end anytime soon. Matt Mangino, constitutional law expert, thank you for your time. Thank you.